This is a Hot Pie Media Original. Hi, everybody. This is Dr. Eric Corum, founder of AIM7. Welcome back to The Blueprint, where we distill cutting-edge science, leadership, and life skills into simple tactics optimized for your busy lifestyle and goals. Today, I'm joined by Katie Wells. Katie is the founder of Wellness Mama and Wellness, a line of natural personal care products. She's a best-selling author, blogger, podcaster, and nutritionist. She's wicked smart and very knowledgeable about optimizing health and human performance. In this episode, we discuss why we should question the sacred cows in our lives and her journey from being told she wasn't an athlete to training for a pentathlon. And if you're someone that's been told that you can't do something, then this episode is for you. So now it's time to lean in and learn from the best. Katie, as I've gotten to know you recently, I've learned that you are really a truly remarkable person. You're, you're smart, you're humble, you're successful, pretty, pretty rare combination. But something you told me recently kind of disturbed me. You said that when you grew up, you were told that you weren't an athlete. And here you are training for a pentathlon and throwing around some pretty, pretty heavy weights in the gym. Would you mind unpacking for us your fitness journey and how you've overcome this mindset that I would say was unfairly pushed on you? Well, thank you for that amazing intro and for saying that. I think that actually speaks to the heart of a thing that many of us maybe get to face in different ways as we become adults, which are kind of those um, beliefs that we're subconsciously given when we're kids certainly unintentionally and by well-meaning parents. But my family was very academic focused, which I'm grateful for because it instilled a deep love of learning. But school was always the priority. And my mom didn't want me taking time away from academics to do anything outside of that. So I think early on, she kind of discouraged any kind of athletics. And then when I was um, actually on my ninth birthday, I broke my leg. And it was a compound double break. And it was a pretty intense recovery. And after that, I remember trying to play softball right after I got my cast off and being slow and being told by her again, like, you're not an athlete, focus on school, you're great at school. And so I kind of had just resigned myself that, okay, some people are natural athletes and some people aren't. And I think there is, of course, a genetic component to certain types of athleticism, but I think I never really got to play with and develop athletic potential early just because it wasn't really a cultural priority in my home. And like I said, my parents are amazing and they really encouraged us in many other areas, But this is one that I decided to challenge after having six kids as an adult. And it's been such a really fun thing. In fact, um, it was on, I have a yearly practice once a year. I question everything I think I believe and nothing held back. And for a long time, I did hold back kind of the sacred cows of religion and anything to do with family, but everything goes on that list. And over the course of a year, I purposely challenge my assumptions on whatever that topic is with the idea that if I'm already right, I'm only learning more about other viewpoints. And if I'm wrong, it's really important to challenge those perspectives. And so one year, that idea of not being an athlete went on the list. And I did a deep dive into the research and realized actually very little of it is genetic. Certainly we can have fast twitch versus slow twitch, and there are some factors that come into play, but the human body is amazingly adaptable and all humans are capable of athletic output. It's just gonna be to varying degrees and finding your sweet spot. So I started experimenting. And like I said, I went from not even really working out, not it being a thing for me at all. And I realized I didn't like the societal concept of working out as it's often portrayed, at least to women. I didn't want to go spend two hours doing cardio in the gym. So I looked to my kids and said, you know, when kids do this, when they're so good at it, it's play. So how can I become an athlete through play? And I jumped into um, 
one of my first forays was actually pole vaulting, which is not an activity I expected to take up after having six babies. That's kind of an extreme jump. <laughs> wouldn't you say, wouldn't you start with like long jump, maybe to high jump that you went right into pole vault? Yeah, I did. Cause it was, my kids are all into it. And so it was a way I could bond with them. Uh, I will say for the record, I have six kids and five of them can out jump me, which I love. Um, three of them are almost my height now, but they can all pretty much out jump me. And I love that because the competition is fun. But then because of that, I started realizing, yes, this is actually difficult, especially at the beginning. And I'm using muscles I've never used before. It's also really fun. And what mm -hmm. other things would be fun. And so I never let it be about checking a box of working out at the gym, but like, in what ways can I strengthen my body that are fun? And that led to other track and field pursuits and also realized based on genetics, if I wanted to lean into my strengths, I actually have really good genetics for getting strong. And so I was like, what would it look like to play with that? And started just following consistently a, a strength training program for the first time in my life and pretty rapidly was able to put on strength with good form, which I think is a caveat I'll always give. Don't ever exceed what your tendons and what your form can handle. Mm -hmm. But by consistently doing that now I'm have lifts that are two times my body weight or more. And as my friend Angela Which says, lifts are those? Uh, deadlift and squat and split squat right now. That's um, amazing. My, my last week, it was 345. Oh my goodness. So um, my friend Angela says strong feels good. And I think now this is the first time in my life I've gotten to actually understand what that meant. And it's also been fun to kind of stare in the face and unpack some of the societal beliefs that I didn't even realize were there separate of the not being an athlete. But, you know, for women, there was this programmed fear that I had never realized of not wanting to lift weights. So I didn't get bulky, which I laugh at now because the stronger I get typically like right now, the leaner I get, the smaller my waist gets, for instance, but the I'm so much stronger. And now it seems laughable to me knowing how hard I work to get those lifts that like someone could accidentally pick up a weight and get bulky. It just doesn't happen short of, you know, chemical influence from steroids. But Let me ask you this. My friend, Anna Craig says that nutrition, she was talking about like women in training. And I'd say this in general, maybe nutrition gives you your size, but weightlifting gives you your shape. And as you train, like your shape changes. I think everybody, would you agree or disagree with that? Absolutely. I think, you know, you often hear that idea that abs are made in the kitchen and I, partially agree in that we all have core strength and some of that aspect of size, like you said, leanness can come from what we eat. And I think for women, especially another aspect of this is many of us are undernourishing ourselves, not eating enough protein to actually build the body that we want. But the, like you said, the shape and the, having the muscles in the places that you want them, that comes from the athleticism side or the, whatever activity you're doing. And we can see that in athletes. If you look at a marathon or for instance, versus a sprinter, they're using muscles differently and they look different, even though they're both running. Um, but I don't think I had ever really like played with that or gotten to see how amazingly rapidly adaptable the human body is. When you start seeing muscles in places, you didn't even know you had muscles before. Excessive soreness after a workout is not a badge of honor. It's actually a sign that you are overloading your body and in turn diminishing long-term health and fitness gains. My new app, AIM7, fixes this problem by turning wearable data into personalized exercise recommendations that layer on top of popular exercise programs that you already love, like Apple Fitness Plus, Peloton, or F45, or even the workout that you write. These recommendations prevent burnout and improve long-term fitness. Then AIM7 picks up where wearables fail 
and it teaches you how to fix your most pressing wellness issues, such as improving sleep and energy and reducing stress. To get access to this exclusive program, go to www.aim7.com. That's AIM7.com and sign up now. There's limited space available each month, so sign up now to reserve your spot. Now, back to the show. Let me ask you, how old are you? Do you mind me asking? 35. 35. Uh, you're sprinting. I'm assuming to do a pentathlon. Have you ever truly trained as a sprinter before or done true sprint work? Not until about the last year. And actually, thankfully with COVID, um, a lot of things shut down, but our area was pretty open and it was just people from out of state couldn't come in. And so there were 12 weeks of pole vault camps and I put my kids in all 12 weeks in a row because they wanted to. And I would tag along and I started doing their sprint training protocols, which that's another tip I give women. If you want to get lean fast, sprint because that signals everything in the body of like rapid movement, but it was a totally new movement for me. And so frustrating because I could see these other athletes do the thing. And then I would try to make my body do this thing. And it was so confused at first. And I had to go back to the basics of a skips and sprint drills and actually training my nervous system to know what to do. But then when it started kicking in, it felt like being a kid again. And when you're running through grass really fast and you're like a little afraid because your legs are going so fast, you don't know if it can carry, you know, it's like that really fun feeling. It's pretty amazing to find the joy in doing basic human movements that have been kind of deprived. We've been taken away like sprinting and jumping and crawling and lifting heavy things. Like our bodies were designed for that. I think going back to the very beginning as a parent, something you said that just stuck out to me is unintentionally, we can push things on our kids mindsets. And I think it's really important that maybe as parents that we take a look at ourselves and say, hey, what what things are we projecting on our kids? And are we opening doors for them or giving them opportunities to play physically, mentally, letting, letting them explore? But I'm glad that you found that. Has it given you confidence in other areas of your life? Absolutely. I mean, certainly in how I carry myself and also realizing my ability to handle any physical situation I'm put in is so much better than it used to be. And that was a big part of it. Like you said, with the kids is my goal in training is to keep up with my kids. And as I'm like lifting these heavy weights, I'm like, Oh, I just lifted five of my six kids. And if I can add 120 more pounds, I can lift all of them. (laughs) Um, and also for longevity, because we know all the science of lean muscle mass supporting longevity and Mm -hmm. how that helps us. And I want to see my great grandkids, but I also think it's really important what you said about the way that we're passing this on to our kids and two ways I do that for any parents listening. And I'm very intentional about my kids hear me say every day, I love you unconditionally. And you never, there's nothing you can ever do that will take away from that. And you never have to earn it because that was a piece I didn't get. And then also when they do amazing things, instead of me saying, I'm so proud of you because I don't want their approval to come from me. I say, wow, that was really amazing to watch. You must feel so proud. I want that like feeling to come from them. And my hope is that that will kind of help them form a better foundation for that than I had. Wow. Do you, do you, have you journaled this or blogged on this at all, this journey for you? A little bit. And I I realized how mindset is such a huge key and uh, an often not talked about enough piece in areas outside of personal development. So mm-hmm. I'm actually just finishing up a book called Zen and the Art of Dirty Dishes, which goes into this whole thing specifically for women, but I mean, the, the mindset will apply to anyone. And can you pre-order this book? Not yet, but I'll definitely let you know when you can. And that'll be on your wellness mama site. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, we have the the link for that in the show notes. Thank you so much for unpacking this and kind of getting vulnerable about this. Cause this, I think this is an area that 
a lot of us grow, you know, as we get older, we look at limiting things, but rather we should be expanding our aperture of what's possible. So thank you for sharing that today. Oh, thank you for having me. And I love the idea of write an amazing story with your life. And to me, this has been a really fun chapter to get to open in the story of my life. If you know somebody that needs to hear this message, because maybe they're stuck in a limiting belief, would you please share this podcast with them? As I'm confident that Katie's message will make an impact in their life. Thanks again for listening. And I'll catch you on the next episode. Thanks for listening. You can find more episodes and all of our other Hot Pie Media originals baked fresh daily at our home online at hotpiemedia.com, the Hot Pie Media YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts.